Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have so much to get into, we are just going to dive right in. Over the weekend, Twitch experienced some DMCA difficulties, which if you followed Virtual Legality, you might recognize as also having affected Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube in the recent past. And this is what they had to say about it. This week, we've had a sudden influx of DMCA takedown requests for clips with background music from 2017 through 2019. If you are unsure about rights to audio in past streams, we advise removing those clips. We know many of you have large archives and we are working to make this easier. This is the first time we have received mass DMCA claims against clips. We understand this has been stressful for affected creators and are working on solutions, including examining how we can give you more control over your clips. We adhere to the DMCA, which requires that we take action on content and streamer accounts upon notice from right holders, as happened this week. Our guidelines for music have not changed, so please reference them here. So reading this, a couple of things jump out immediately. First, Twitch's only response to this mass influx of takedown requests from years ago is to advise its users to remove those clips. Twitch is not going to be helping fight these things, is not going to be talking to the various record labels. These all relate to music. And they're not going to be doing anything on behalf of their users. So that's number one on the item list here. Number two is that they also describe what they are doing with respect to their channel, how they are connecting with users, what penalties are going to be put against those users as being a requirement of the DMCA, which is actually something I wound up getting into an argument with someone on Twitter over the weekend about. But we're going to get into why the DMCA doesn't require anything specifically. And especially when we're talking about claims that are made on a years old basis, this is the kind of thing that Twitch and Twitter and YouTube and everyone else should probably be helping their users try to navigate because Twitch probably doesn't have the same kind of exposure risk as they might otherwise for something that happens yesterday, but they aren't helping at all. And they are saying basically that they're required to do nothing except listen to these notices. Now, if you aren't familiar with Twitch, you aren't familiar with the Clips program, the Clips basically are just Twitch users, viewers of a channel that are allowed to essentially quickly share various short form portions of a live stream that they are watching on Twitch. And I think what Twitch is getting at right here is they've never been attacked on the basis of clips before. They've undoubtedly received takedown notices for full videos, for things that their actual channel operators put up. But this is something new. This is about clips. And as we've talked about in the past, the entirety of video game streaming kind of exists in a gray area. You only ever get the rights as a licensee of a video game that are given to you by the licensor. So when you click through very quickly without reading that end user license agreement from Electronic Arts or Ubisoft or anywhere else, you are saying, yes, I understand I get these rights to this game. Most of these look like Electronic Arts is here that I've pulled up that basically is very kind of ambiguous. It's amorphous. It doesn't really say that you can stream their game. Here they say the EA services, which includes their game, they're licensed to you, not sold. We know that in virtual legality. EA grants you a personal, limited, non-transferable, revocable, and non-exclusive license to use the EA services to which you have access for your non-commercial use. 
but that generally is going to mean that you can operate the video game on your console, you can play it, you can play it on your computer, you can do whatever you like with it, and probably doesn't incorporate the notion of actually creating a derivative work, publicly displaying it on a service like Twitch or Facebook or, or YouTube or wherever you might be using it. And so when I ask the question, are all streams infringement? The answer is no, not all streams, but many streams. And certainly a lot of what we see as the ecosystem, the environment of Twitch and various other streaming sources are not operating under what we would consider full legality under the Copyright Act. Now, there are exceptions to that. Last time I pulled up Minecraft, this time I will pull up League of Legends creator Riot Games. This is what it looks like when you get the right to stream. They say, we're generally on board with projects that follow the rules outlined below, but we can still shut down any project at any time if we decide it misinterprets these rules or uses our our IP inappropriately. Now, that in and of itself is a little bit of a warning sign. That's a red flag at the start of one of these because they are kind of retaining a lot of power to strike down projects that they don't like, but they also have the legal language that we might look for. Riot Games grants you a personal, non-exclusive, non-sublicensable, non-transferable, revocable, limited license for you to use, display, and create, what? Derivative works based upon Riot's IP, strictly for non-commercial community use. Now, you say, okay, non-commercial, can they still stream on places like Twitch and YouTube? Riot actually goes forward and says, yeah, you can collect ads. Yes, you can collect bits or whatever else you're doing on Twitch. This is what you are looking for if you are streaming a video game. This specific sentence here that gives you the right to make derivative works based upon their IP. If you don't have that, chances are your video game stream is infringing, which doesn't mean that you're going to be pulled over by the copyright police. It's much more like that kind of speed limit concept. People come to me in my comments and on my... Twitter and everywhere else and say, Rick, there's so much of this happening. How can it be illegal? And the answer is, as I said in this video, which you can absolutely check out, I highly recommend it. Most of this lives at the largesse of the copyright holder. Electronic Arts looks at somebody opening FIFA packs on YouTube and says, you know what? That advantages us because people look at that and say, I want to do that. And they come and they buy FIFA and they open their own FIFA packs. And even though this is infringement, we will allow it because we think it is useful marketing for us. But when that streamer turns on them, as was the case in this video that I was covering, when they start making ad hominem attacks or impugning the Electronic Arts business model or officers, well, suddenly they get copyright strikes on all those FIFA pack opening videos that they thought were just fine. And that's important for people that watch Twitch or watch YouTube to understand that when streamers operate in that gray area, there is always this implicit understanding that that publisher, that copyright holder can come swing the hammer and take down their whole channel. So in my opinion, you kind of have to take their opinions with a grain of salt, what they're saying about the video game, because the publisher can take them down at a moment's notice which is all kind of background for what we are talking about right here, which is video games that incorporate music. Now, a number of people on Twitter came out with various comments. I've got one now from Nightblue3. says, why are labels issuing DMCA takedowns on Twitch clips? Twitch clips don't generate revenue, and nobody goes to a Twitch stream to listen to your specific song. This is purely discoverability for your music. Will game publishers start issuing strikes for streaming their games too? 
Now, as we just talked about, video games are allowed on Twitch because video game companies have decided they are good for them. And perhaps more importantly, they've decided that striking them is bad for them. Even the Nintendos and the Atlases of the world have found that when you just take this very strong position against streams, that hurts their market. And that's really up to the public. That's you guys, the consumers that have essentially made it clear to these businesses that you would like to see streaming. And while as a lawyer, I would like to see that more specifically covered in the licenses that you enter into when you get these video games, at least most of these publishers now understand that Twitch streaming is good for it. On the other hand, music publishers, record labels, these people that own the rights to these recordings don't necessarily see the same connection, right? You don't go to Twitch, as this person says, to listen to music. And then it's not really about discoverability. Because you're not there to listen to the music, you're there to play the game or to watch the game being played. And so record labels go and say, hey, we didn't license these rights out to the video game company. We only licensed the right for them to synchronize, and we'll get back to that word, with the video game on somebody's own console use, not to stream it out into the ether, and certainly not to have now a fourth party clip something from a third party that can then just exist out there with clips of our music. We like to control that process. That's what the law affords us. So music publishers have a different incentive structure than video game publishers. They don't see the same kind of usefulness to something like Twitch. Or as Cloaksy has said here, I got a DMCA, two more and my Twitch account is permanently gone. Kind of crazy, five years of work can just vanish in two seconds. And indeed, that's exactly what Twitch says can happen. They've got a section here on their help page says, we will respond to clear and complete notices of alleged copyright infringement. And if we go and we look, their guidelines for what a, a clear and complete notice is exactly match up with the DMCA. They additionally add, we will promptly terminate without notice the accounts of those determined by us to be repeat infringers. And indeed, we see that as well in this tweet from Fusely. And I apologize in advance for any mispronunciations of Twitch users. I've been issued two copyright strikes on my channel, both from clips over a year old, in the past week and told that if they find one more violation in my clips, my Twitch account will be perma-banned. So like YouTube, Twitch is basically using a kind of three strikes and you're out system. Now, I think we could argue in this space whether or not three is a good number, especially for clips that you didn't create and that some other user created on your behalf. Maybe five is a better number. All of these things are open to conversation because they don't actually appear in the DMCA itself, which we will also discuss. But worse for Fusely here have talked with multiple Twitch staff. All are telling me my best option is to delete all of my clips. On top of it being near impossible for me to delete 100,000 clips, the creator dashboard isn't even loading any of my old clips. How am I supposed to protect myself here? Which is one of those areas where Twitch really should be getting more involved. This was a tool that Twitch created that is now causing trouble for its users. And the way that they allow people to actually manage those clips is not functioning in the way it needs to function. This is the kind of thing where Twitch really needs to respond quickly, not because of a legal obligation, but because of a business obligation. If they are not seen as somebody that these folks can depend on, there is really no reason for so many folks to be streaming on this platform. 
If I were Microsoft, I would put out a notice right now that says Mixer will help you get through these things. Mixer has policies in place or YouTube gaming has policies in place. We can help you figure this out. This is the kind of thing where Twitch, if they really drop the ball here, you could see an actual problem for their population because it looks for all the world like they aren't willing to protect the folks that essentially make their business run. Now, on these notices, you can actually see that they are received from RIAA. So these are coming directly from the record labels. If you're not familiar with RIAA, they are effectively a group of record labels. We represent some of the most iconic record labels, Atlantic Capital, RCA, Warner Records, Columbia Motown, countless others. We work to protect artists' creative freedom and promote the unique work that labels do to support them. Now, specifically, they work to protect their own artists' creative freedom and not Twitch artists' creative freedom. But more importantly, this is a major, major attack on what Twitch does. This is RIAA's lawyers noticing for the first time, apparently, that Twitch has been doing clips for years now and deciding to make an example of them out of nowhere in some random weekend in 2020. And that is something that everybody needs to take account of. Now, there are other people that were on Twitter that made comments of their own. I've got here one from Rod Breslau, who said several Twitch streamers now have been suspended for DMCA strikes going as far back as streams from 2017. DMCA has done far more harm than good online, but all the streamers playing copyrighted material should have known this was coming. Now, I object, of course, to the more harm than good. If you are familiar with virtual legality, you know our stance basically is that the DMCA or something like it is useful and necessary to the modern operation of the internet. This is where we also get into that discussion of what Twitch is required and not required to do. But if you aren't familiar with the DMCA, all it does is provide safe harbors. A service provider like Twitch shall not be liable for monetary relief or accept as provided in subsection J for injunctive or other equitable relief. They won't owe money and they can't be stopped for infringement of copyright by reason of storage at the direction of a user of material that resides on their system if they don't have actual knowledge that it's infringing, if they aren't aware of facts or circumstances that something is infringing, and then upon obtaining such knowledge, upon receiving that DMCA takedown notice, they act expeditiously to remove or disable access to the material. So what the DMCA says is Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, you aren't responsible for your users infringing content if you don't know about it. And when you are informed about it, you take it down. But the option is still yours. And this is the argument that I get into on social media and various other places. This isn't a requirement of the law that you do X, Y, or Z. This is one of the reasons why third-party platforms, places that own all of their own video distribution technologies often don't respond to DMCA takedown notices. Now, I understand that for a business like Twitch or Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere, you have so many coming in that you essentially have to automate the system. You have to kind of strike people without necessarily verifying things in the proper way as long as they sign the right piece of paper under the DMCA. But ultimately, it's up to you. And so I do think that's a good thing. Now, I do think it's abused. I think when you scroll down and you actually look at what notice you have to give and how toothless the penalties are for lying about those notices, about not considering fair use, about not going through the process that the law basically requires, that you wouldn't bring a federal lawsuit on the facts that you are currently looking at, but you can issue this piece of paper because nothing bad will happen to you and you can make somebody else's life miserable. That's bad. 
that we need more teeth in these penalties. The DMCA should be corrected, but more harm than good? And so I tweeted back, the DMCA is very often abused to within an inch of its life. I'm not going to argue there. If you've been in virtual legality before, you know that is in fact the case. But done more harm than good, only if you think that Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, etc. would even exist if they would be initially liable for contributing to user-generated infringements. They wouldn't. Imagine that scenario, that Twitch can be sued, that Twitter can be sued, that Facebook or YouTube can be sued on the first instance immediately of some user infringing some copyright somewhere. RIAA wouldn't be issuing takedown notices. They'd be going after Jeff Bezos and that Amazon money because of course they would. And so if that were in fact the legal landscape that we were operating under, what you would have is a Twitch that doesn't exist or a massively curated Twitch with only partners that they can trust and with some kind of indemnification liability for those partners if they were to infringe, that they would owe Twitch money if they were found to be infringing because Twitch can't just go bankrupt for any given user's content. Anything that is crowdsourced, that is user-generated content-based, has to have some kind of protection like the DMCA. And that doesn't mean that the DMCA is perfect. In fact, I think it is far from it. But more harm than good is incorrect. The DMCA or an analog is basically a requirement of how the modern internet functions. And that's why I said what I said. Now, other people had comments. I've got one from the Kino Corner says, seems like it should be common sense to not stream copyrighted music, but that's where things get messy, right? Of course it's common sense to not stream copyrighted music, but it's also common sense to not stream copyrighted video games if you don't have a license to it. And Twitch itself elides this entire issue because their business model is based on some light infringement in the middle, the gray area there, where video game companies weren't really licensing streaming rights, but they also didn't necessarily want to fight it. And Twitch protects itself by saying what you would expect it to say. You should only share content on Twitch that you own or that you are otherwise authorized to share on Twitch. We encourage you to assess your content for adherence to applicable intellectual property laws and the proper application of principles such as fair use and to secure all appropriate rights needed before sharing your content on Twitch. Twitch says get a lawyer. Hey, you know what? We encourage you to go think about that live stream that you did half drunk while you were playing Minecraft the other day and figure out whether that's going to be allowed. Good luck. Twitch absolves itself of all these problems. Worse, when they give examples... They say examples of content you cannot share on Twitch without permission from the copyright owners or other authorization include sharing others' creators' content. Yep, they have a copyright in their own content. Playing pirated games or on unauthorized private servers. Now, of course, that's a problem. But the lawyer in me looks at the opposite and says, how do people read that? They read it as if it isn't pirated or if it's on an authorized server, it's probably fine. And Twitch doesn't say that, but they imply it. They say sharing content from other sites is a problem. Movies, TV shows, sports matches are a problem. Playing music you do not own or do not have the rights to share is a problem. But first and foremost, on a platform like Twitch, is playing games that you don't have the rights to should be a problem. But they don't want to say that. Of course they don't want to say that. But that's creating half the issue here. People don't even think about it. And if they did think about it, I'm not sitting here as a corporate lawyer telling you that, this, that you should be happy with that state of affairs. 
I'm sitting here telling you that that isn't what you are getting in most licenses when you purchase a video game. So know that and make sure that you do complain about it, that you talk to Electronic Arts or Ubisoft or anyone else on social media or otherwise and say, hey guys, we need the rights to stream here. You're certainly allowing us to stream. Let's stop faking this so that you could potentially sue us or create trouble for us later. And let's make sure we get the rights we need to do this so that we're in the clear and we don't have to worry about that sort of Damocles later. That's why I say these things. I do think video game players should get the rights to stream based on how the actual reality of the situation has unfolded. That they don't get those creates an ultra danger for them that I think is undeserved. The next comment I got was, streams back to 2017. I'm starting to think we need a two-year statute of limitations on copyright infringement liability. And indeed, if you aren't familiar with how the Copyright Act works on these things, there is a statute of limitations. No civil action shall be maintained under the provisions of this title unless it is commenced within three years after the claim accrued. And we are talking about civil actions. We're not talking about the FBI or the Department of Justice looking for criminal charges against folks that have clips up on Twitch, at least not yet. We're talking about civil actions, RIAA being a corporation, being an entity, wanting to potentially sue Twitch. Twitch saying, okay, I got this DMCA notice, so I will take it down because I don't want to be sued, which is what the DMCA allows me. And it only goes three years back. So when they reference things like 2017, at least half of that year is gone. And if I were Twitch, one of the things I would do is I would be looking at that and I would be saying, okay, anything that is before June 7th or whatever the applicable notice date is, in 2017, we are not going to acknowledge because we effectively don't have liability here. And so we are not going to take down this item that you think is infringing because it's no skin off of our nose to not do it. Now, you probably want to think about that. You want to have lawyers on that conversation involved in that discussion because our IAA will not be happy with it. But at the end of the day, the reason Twitch abides by DMCA takedown notices is because of civil liability. And if that doesn't exist, they should be backing up their users to at least that minimum level. Or as Mr. LaRusa says, hey, maybe we need to look at the Copyright Act and make that two years. Or maybe we need to have some kind of equitable principle that says, hey, if you let 50,000 clips go two years ago, then you can't just bring claims against those clips. You can't wait until somebody can't fix it and then just bring the hammer down because it's not helping you. You're just being legal thugs. And so if we don't want that, we need to start looking at the Copyright Act and look at areas of reform. Now, Mr. Paul Tassi at Forbes wound up covering this earlier this morning. He said, Twitch DMCA claims frustrate creators forced to delete years of VODs and clips. He said, the feelings I'm seeing among the Twitch community over this are anger, confusion, frustration, and sadness. Twitch allows DMCA sweeps like this to happen without much recourse for the creators and with little communication about when they are coming or what they cover. I'm seeing creators being sad. They literally have to delete fun memories from their channel just to be safe and avoid potential targeting of their channels. And the process to actually go through and delete all these VODs and clips is not easy at all and time-consuming enough to take an entire day or weekend or week, depending on how much content you have to get through. Now, again, I think that this is incumbent on Twitch to answer. They allowed that clip functionality. That clip functionality is harming their users, and now they need to be able to help their users get rid of those clips in a way that makes sense to what is happening today. Now, if we actually read the terms of service on Twitch, 
we see a couple of areas where Twitch tries to defend itself, the same kind of areas where these folks that are putting content on Twitch get in trouble. It says, Twitch allows you to distribute streaming live and pre-recorded audiovisual works and to store content messages, text, sound, images, applications, code, or other data or materials on the Twitch services. We call that user content. And what promises do you make about that content? You are solely responsible for your user content and the consequences of posting or publishing it. You represent and warrant, you promise, that your user content does not and will not infringe, violate, or misappropriate any third-party right, including any copyright. And Twitch reserves all rights and remedies against any users who breach these representations and warranties. Now, this is normal. This is how their business needs to function. But note that it puts all of the onus on the folks making Twitch streams. You have to promise that what you are doing does not infringe on someone else's rights. And frankly, the state of video game licensing is such that, as we saw just looking at the Electronic Arts license, even looking at the Riot license, you don't kind of get any information about the pieces, the third-party license that went into that video game. So if a video game is using licensed music and didn't also license that music to be distributed on a platform like Twitch or YouTube Gaming, in a streaming capacity, then you can get in trouble without even knowing why. And that's a problem for folks that are playing these video games. If we go and we look at the music guidelines for Twitch, Twitch again says, we ask that creators only share content for which they have the necessary rights. Copyrighted music owned in whole or in part by someone other than you, if you have secured a license to share it on Twitch, from the relevant copyright holders is fine, as we would assume. If you've got a license to do what you want to do with it, you can, in fact, do what you want to do with it. The issue is video game and user license agreements aren't terribly transparent about what music rights you have. Now, some games have gotten better at this. They have a checkbox that says, hey, if you want to stream this, then you should check this box and turn off all our copyrighted music because we didn't pay the money that would be necessary to allow this to be separately streamed. And yes, every record label, RIAA included, would be willing to give these rights for more money. That's how licenses work. And so when Electronic Arts says, oh, you know, we didn't put that money in, so you're in trouble on Twitch, that's on Electronic Arts. So now we have two parties that that's on, Twitch and Electronic Arts. And so I do think it's incumbent on video game players to say, hey, guys, we need the right licenses. You need to get us the right licenses for that music. You need to do a better job so that when we stream these things, they can be in the same position as the creators intended, not you know in silence when we're doing a racing game or in Activision's new Tony Hawk game, license all the music in a way that we can stream it properly. And if you don't, then we're gonna get in trouble if we do, if we do stream it, and that's not what you want. You want us to be out there marketing your video game for you. So as you can see, there's a lot of different entities and individuals and legal rights and responsibilities that are in play here. Now, last week, we talked about whether or not The Last of Us was actually stealing songs for use in its commercials. And we talked about it in the context of a compulsory license, a license that allows you, if you want to make a recording of something, essentially mandate to the owner of the composition the, the baseline foundational principles of the piece of music that you can mandate that you can use it for that purpose, that you can make a cover of it. And that's all well and good. 
But as we talked about in that video, it only really references the right to reproduce music and the right to distribute, including by means of sale, that music. What it doesn't do is it doesn't cover derivative works. So we can't use a mechanical license if we're a video game company or if you're even a Twitch streamer. You can't use that concept of a compulsory license because what we are talking about, the law will see as a derivative work. So when we get into talking about Fusely and Twitch and everything else, we wind up talking about synchronization rights, right? So I've pulled up a copyright office circular. This is actually, I think, 295 pages. So I didn't start at the top here. We're here on page 55. And if you aren't familiar with how music is licensed, one of the things that you need to put music to video is a so-called synchronization right, or as the Copyright Office describes it, to incorporate music into an audiovisual work, such as a film, video, television program, or video game, the creator of that work must obtain synchronization licenses from both the owner of the musical work and the owner of the sound recording. Synchronization refers to the use of music in a timed relation to visual content. Now, you might say to yourself, uh, Rick, I just looked at this list. Reproduce, derivative works, distribute, perform, display. What are you talking about? There's no reference to synchronization as an exclusive right of a copyright holder. And to that, you would be correct. As the Copyright Office itself admits, although the Copyright Act does not refer explicitly to a synchronization right, it is generally understood, always bad when you're talking about law, to be an aspect of music owners' reproduction and or derivative work rights. Now, note if it were just a portion of reproduction, you could use that mechanical license concept, but it probably is best thought of as a derivative work, something that exists separate from the music, but based on it, especially if it is synchronized specifically to any given moment in a video game. But because you need these synchronization rights, because you don't get those synchronization rights in a license from a video game, you wind up getting into trouble like you see on Twitch today. Now, before I leave you, I've got one more thing and it's even worse, right? If we go back and we look at the DMCA, one of the things that these platforms are required to do to get the benefit of the protections, the safe harbors within the DMCA is the following. The limitation on liability established by this section shall apply to a service provider only if the service provider has adopted and reasonably implemented and informs subscribers and account holders of the service provider's system or network of a policy that provides for the termination in appropriate circumstances of subscribers and account holders of the service provider system or network who are repeat infringers. Said another way, when Twitch says it has to do something under the DMCA, as we talked about earlier, no, it doesn't have to listen to a takedown notice, but what it does have to do is when it finds that it considers folks to be repeat infringers, it does in fact have to act on that. So when we see their guidelines here, we will promptly terminate without notice the accounts of those determined by us to be repeat infringers. That is an accurate description of what they have to do under the DMCA. Unfortunately, where the DMCA suggests that you would actually have to be infringing on copyright, which in my opinion is going to be an open question on a number of these clips. When you talk about a clip, maybe it's 10 seconds long, maybe it's 15 seconds long, maybe it is spoken over in its entirety by the person speaking. Maybe that person is making comment on the music in such a way that the fair use four factors would otherwise probably uh, 
be qualifying that work as fair use, even in that circumstance, you might be an infringer under the DMCA because of how the Copyright Office is currently interpreting it. A couple weeks ago, I did a video talking about DMCA reform. The United States Copyright Office put out a very long report, which you can see summarized in this video if you're interested. It's a bit of a long summary. I think it's more than 40 minutes, but it's very important if you are working in this space and you want to understand the current push towards making the DMCA stronger for copyright holders and not YouTube and not Twitch and not you and not me, frankly. And one of the things that came up is just because we say infringers and that implies that you would actually have to be infringing, that's not what the law means. Or as the Copyright Office says, on this point, the office reads the statute and the legislative history to support a finding that Congress did not intend for repeat infringer to mean repeat adjudicated infringer in alignment with Congress's desire for Section 512I to serve as a deterrent. If only those infringers who had repeatedly been adjudged by a court to be liable for copyright infringement and thereby were already potentially liable for monetary damages had to worry about having their access to an OSP's facilities terminated, OSP being Twitch for this purpose, it is unlikely that such a threat would serve as a deterrent where monetary damages already had not. Further, a requirement that a rights holder seek multiple court judgments against a particular user appears to be at odds with a system designed to be extrajudicial and expeditious. While any interpretation of 512i must give OSPs some discretion to define repeat infringer, note that that three strikes in your out policy is not prescribed by law, could be five strikes, could be 10, in a manner that makes sense given their service and user base, any def definition must be consistent with the statutory criteria that repeat infringer means repeat alleged infringer, not repeat adjudicated infringer. Now, here's where I really object to that particular reading. In the United States, folks are, at least ostensibly, still innocent until proven guilty. You are not an infringer until someone proves that you have infringed. And if we are going to presume that how the DMCA operates is that you can say whatever you like, and if you say it enough times, that person needs to have their access to the platform terminated, then you have completely obliterated any sense of equitability, any sense of justice within the DMCA. So when we start talking about situations like this, where we're got three years ago, someone that I am not made a 10 second clip of something that I said once with some video playing in the background. And if they did it three times, Twitch says I have to be terminated by virtue of the DMCA because alleged infringement is enough to get me terminated rather than actual infringement, then I've got a major problem with how the law operates today. So when we go back, when we talk about whether or not it has done far more harm than good, I disagree with that premise, but it is undoubtedly the case that this kind of thing needs reform, needs adjustment, and I am very much empathetic with those Twitch streamers that were doing what they were doing for years on end and suddenly over the weekend found themselves in a situation which they never imagined. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this, please like, subscribe. We talk about these kinds of things all the time, as you could no doubt tell from the number of references we made to previous videos in this space. Tell people that we are here. We are very much enjoying our growth and having these conversations even more often in the comments to our videos. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, 
Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. 